Live from the Bell Tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we got our shit together. Yes. It was rough. It was a rough couple <laughs> seconds there for, for a few seconds. There was like some unlimited like loopback feedback yes. thing going on. It was very dramatic. It almost, it almost fried my brain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you got earbuds in, they're cranked up. It's just, yeah. like, oh, just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you if you witnessed that, I apologize. But we got we got our infinite loop back figured yes. out so we're 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 back to normal now yes. so well as much as we can as be. normal as yes. we are yep. which is very not normal yes we're here and we're live that's all that counts that's right well beautiful bell breakers yes how's everybody doing we got a doozy tonight and it's yeah. not it's not the normal sh- like what's going on in the world show because we don't give a shit to no. any like no. We just—it's fucked. We all know. Yeah, that. we we—it's on fire. Um, nothing new, really. Yeah. So we decided to uh, go on a deep dive today. Yeah. We are talking about the uh, the incestual love affair between uh, big tech and the intelligence agencies, specifically like the CIA and FBI. Yes. And um, I had heard some mention about certain topics on other podcasts <clears throat> they didn't like they weren't it wasn't the topic of their show it was just like oh yeah we all know about the connection between the cia and google or something like that and yeah. it's like oh let me look into that and then the more i dug into that then it took me down another path yeah. and another path and here we are today yes to talk about this and it is quite the path it is it is it's quite the love affair too um yeah. Uh, most of these like tech industries have these like humble background stories, right. like yeah. the startup the in a garage. garage. Yes, yeah. you, you'll be, you probably won't be shocked, but it, it's ridiculous to see how many of them say yeah. that they started out of a garage, right. and maybe maybe partially they did, but all these people are like come from wealth, yeah. like yeah. all the like the Google founders, the the like Bill Gates. Uh, uh, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, like they mm. all came from. I mean, they were going to like Stanford and Harvard and shit. You can't say yeah. that you you pulled yeah. yourself up by your bootstraps. Right, right. You yeah, never like you went you, to an Ivy League. Yeah, college. you were never on our yeah. level here. So um, your American dream, like humble yeah. beginning story. Do you ever? It's, it's a farce. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, what is it called? I know you don't like Colin Farrell, but it's got Colin Farrell and Al Pacino in it. I think it's like called FBI or something like that. And. Uh, Colin Farrell is like he's like the, at a tech college, and this uh, this FBI guy picks him up and like wants to recruit him and and because he really likes his tech and brings him in and then like gives him some story about how he's his dad and shit like that. And anyways, <laughs> it but it, I mean it basically he just wanted his technology okay. is what it was and and I didn't think about that until you had talked about this to me earlier. Yeah, right. So. What is going on? My my earbuds aren't working right either. Nothing's working right today, but it's all right. We're going to power through it. Um, but yeah, like I said, they all have these like humble beginning stories. Yeah. But to find out the, the, the intelligence connection between all of right. them is, I mean, shocking, not shocking, I don't know. But yeah. like we all know that big tech is in bed with... Yeah, and, and I mean we'll get into it, but just the the mere fact that you know they have this nonprofit, um, you know venture capitalist 
that uh, is directly in bed with the intelligence yeah, agencies. Yeah, investing. Um, yeah, that, well, the intelligence agencies are directly investing in like big tech startups yeah. and shit, just to like get their technology yeah. to spy on us. Basically, yeah. is what it, it comes down to. So uh, we're gonna get more into that. Uh, not only are they in bed, but they were basically conceived by some of them yes. were conceived yes, directly. Yes, it's very, by, very inbred. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, um, so it's like, yeah, being in bed with your father, <laughs> if you could imagine that, which maybe you can. That's so, uh-huh. <laughs> so um, before we get into it, obviously, we got to mention our sponsor, which is Run Your Mouth Coffee. They uh, support your right to free speech without the CIA listening in on or you, the NSA, inbred. or. <laughs> With, with or without being inbred. I don't know. Maybe they support your right to be inbred. Um, but they, they support your right to be able to uh, stand up for what you believe in without getting put on a list, I guess, is what it comes down to, without being um, like singled out by these uh, alphabet agencies like the NSA, CIA, and shit. Um, and they make really good coffee, which probably puts them on a list because you're not yeah. allowed to make good coffee without... Right. Being in bed with the government, I guess. Yes, because it's not communist. They're not communist. Yes. So. Well, and they're yeah, yeah, and everybody knows. I mean, you, you're you, marine, ex marine. You, you know how government coffee is. Yes, I know exactly how government <laughs> coffee is. It's terrible. Um, go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code Break the Bell, and you'll get ten percent off your purchase of non-government sponsored coffee. Um, and it's delicious. Yeah. And it's a good deal. RYMCoffee.com. It's delivered fresh, fresh roasted straight to your doorstep. So you don't got to go to some big box store and buy your coffee. You can get it straight to your door from a company that supports the things that you support and they make a delicious product. So yes. go to RYMCoffee.com. We actually, so, you know, moving in and stuff, Jen's going through some of my old stuff and she found I had a bunch of these MREs. Oh, Yeah. And so she was looking at him. She's like, "Ooh, there's coffee in here. Don't do it." And I know that's what I told her. I said, "Don't do it." <laughs> See, when I was in, the MREs contained little uh, Insta pack, like Nestle Insta coffee oh, packs, okay. and so it wasn't terrible, yeah. but it still wasn't good. Yeah. But, anyways, moving on. Uh, make sure you check out our merch store, which is at breakthebell.bigcartel.com, or you can find it at breakthebellpod.com, our official website. Uh, we got a handful of T-shirts out there. We got the this uh, is this shirt even real shirt? Uh, we got the anti cricket brigade, the I won't eat your bugs shirt, and then we are not your pawns, as well as we have our logo on t shirts and mugs and shit. So, breakthebell.bigcartel.com. You can get your hands on some awesome merch. As you pointed out yesterday, Christmas is right around the corner. Yes. I mean, why not support us and give your family some awesome, awesome Absolutely. gear? Break the Bell podcast gear such as these shirts and other things. So make sure you check that out. That's breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Check us out all over social media. Share us far and wide across the lands of the uh, uh, CIA-backed social media platforms because that's how we get our name out there as long as the government allows it, which they probably won't. But still, try. Just try. Uh, Hit that like and subscribe button. Specifically, if you're on YouTube right now, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can build that thing back up. Since we got nuked about six months ago and we've had to rebuild, uh, help us out. Go to our YouTube channel and smash that 
that subscribe button. Smack it. Smack it. Or what? Spank it. That's what spank Ra- it. There you go. Said. We need to spank that, that like and subscribe button. Otherwise, I'm uh, ready to get into this one because this is going to be a fun trip down the rabbit yeah, hole. Let's do it. We're, when we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, incestual love affair between the uh, CIA and big tech. So we'll be right back. What did you say? You talking to me? What what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right, and uh, here we go. I hate these earbuds because one side is louder than the other, so it threw, throws me off. It makes me feel like I'm sitting at an angle. Nothing's working right, and your mic's not on. Oh, that's how I keep yes. you. Uh, that's how I <laughs> that, keep that, you at bay. Yeah, bad dog. <laughs> yes, it's like you sit in the corner and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and you see my mouth moving over here. I did. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Are you are you are you talking? Like, what's happening? You just look kind of shocked, like. <laughs> like your earbuds aren't working Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I'm speechless We're going to get our shit together As much as we normally do Which is not very much So, uh, Bill, were you surprised to find out That uh, your favorite social media platform Was in bed with the uh, government intelligence agencies? No, not at all Not at all no. Why is that? <laughs> well, because you just I, I just figured that I mean, obviously they... They like to keep tabs on people, and what better way right. to do that than a place where everybody likes to post the shit that they do, yes. right? I mean, they don't even have to do their job. All they have to do is tap into oh, like, yeah. Facebook or Twitter, because we share everything. Yeah. Yep. Be like, like oh, well, looks like uh, Bill's going to be out of town this week. <laughs> well, <laughs> looks like he's joining uh, some rally. We should keep an eye on <laughs> yeah, him. Right. Well, Craig, uh, it looks like he had salmon and uh, and rice yesterday. Yeah. I mean, is he is he he must be on a diet or something? Yeah. And he's not eating his typical uh, steak and potatoes. I, so I actually I had to I had to reel my wife back because uh, we're going to New York next week and talked about going into the city. And she's like, my wife's like, oh, I'm going to wear my Second Amendment shirt. And I'm like, don't do just, that. Just <laughs> calm down, woman. Calm down. I was Let's, like, you you will be labeled a right wing terrorist. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Probably already on a list That's, for just yeah, buying right. the shirt because yeah. they probably try. Did she buy it online? No, it was at that gun show. Okay, well, they they figured it out. Uh, I was they geo tracked her to the gun show, so yeah. she's on a list. So. No, I, I was surprised about um, just the the different connections into like uh, the gaming industry and uh, right, right. all that stuff, which I, again we'll get into. But I was just uh, that surprised me. Yeah, I mean, there's so many connections that we have to talk about, and most of the stuff are just gonna kind of breeze through because yeah. some of these articles are really extensive yeah. so we can't just sit here and 
yeah. break down line by line, this would be like a 12-hour podcast. And, you know, and it's funny because they kind of spell it out because the, the name of the venture co- uh, capitalist country or, uh, company is uh, NQTEL, in, in mm-hmm. right? And it's and the article I read, they're like, James Bond gets his toys from Q. Yeah, that's what they, they said they yeah. specifically named it after yeah, Q. Yeah, I was going to say. So they, they, they're telling you right there. Right. So we talked. Do you remember years ago we talked about uh, – the war gaming at the 2020 yes. election yeah. and how they invited like Zuckerberg and uh, Jack Dorsey yeah. and like collaborated with them to to spell this thing out and and influence the election basically. So yeah. so I mean we talked about this plenty of times. I mean just recently we talked about how Zuckerberg got asked by the FBI to mm-hmm. dumb down the the info on Hunter Biden's laptop. Right. So we know we know they're in bed with them. Yeah. We know they're working hand in hand with them. But what I didn't realize, I guess, is how deep it goes and how mm-hmm. far back it goes. Right. And that's what we want to dig into yeah. tonight because it's pretty deep and it's pretty far back. Yeah. So let's, I guess, jump right into it. Yes. And like, like I said at the in the pre-show, um, all these big tech companies have their humble origin story. Like Amazon started in a garage. Bill Gates started in a garage. Um, Google. Google's the one I want to start with because this article here is actually titled Google, a digital corporate giant with very humble beginnings. So it seems appropriate. So I, I have a feeling that they're going right with the main narrative that, hey, it started with a bunch of uh, like poor computer geniuses turned to big billionaires. Yeah. So let me pull this one up real quick. It says the foundation... This is from the Costa Rica news.com. Ooh, Costa yes. Rica. The foundation and expansion of Google is the classic history of Silicon Valley. <laughs> classic, yeah. Yes. And what are the odds that they all fucking started out of yeah, a garage? Right. Yeah. Really? I mean, classic history, yeah. more like classic bullshit story is yeah, what right. it seems like to me. Says this company emerges as an idea in the dorm of two university students. Its first headquarters was a garage, no less, and a few years later it became a corporation worth billions of dollars, creating a resource so massive that it imposed a web derived from its name. Google it. So basically or a verb derived oh, from its yeah, name. Right, so right, right. so the we we talked about this during the Internet is Dead. Um, episode or right. the dead internet theory episode a couple weeks ago that Google's so big now that it's a, its own verb. <laughs> That's how big it's become. Says there was internet before Google, of course. Google was not the first search engine, nor was it the most popular during its early years. And I remember all three of these, Yahoo, AltaVista, and Lycos. When we turned on our computers at school, those three popped up on the home screen. I remember Yahoo, AltaVista, Alta and Lycos. Yes. And you got to pick between them which one you preferred. <laughs> And now, it's all Google. Now I was gonna say I mean, no, Yahoo's what? still around. Yeah, I don't barely. I don't. But Lycos. Yeah, I've ne- I haven't heard anything? of Lycos. Uh, Lycos doesn't even get a freaking bold heading like the rest of them because <laughs> it's just nothing. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say Alta Vista. I'm not sure if it exists still or not. It says there were some of the sites that were considered more important. <clears throat> its creators, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, met at Stanford University, humble beginnings, Stanford, uh, in 1995 while pursuing a doctorate in computer oh, science. There's Lycos. It is still a thing. Okay, there you go. As part of their research project, they began to develop Backrub, was the name of their first <laughs> program. <laughs> Interesting. It's creepy sounding. <laughs> a new system sort 
Uh, to sort results obtained from computers. So, could you imagine if they're like, "Oh, well, here, let me back rub that." <laughs> oh God, no. Yeah, somebody's like, "That sounds weird. Change it." Okay, how about uh, Google? Google? Oh, that's much better. <laughs> much better. Yes. <clears throat> Says the first version of Google was launched in 1996 on a website owned by Stanford. So they didn't even start on their own. Yeah, right. It was a college. Stanford like- backed it yeah. first, like from the main story. Stanford bought the. It was a Stanford.edu site. So it was Google.Stanford.edu. It was such a colossal project that it used almost half the bandwidth of the university (laughs) network. Finally, in September 97, they registered their own domain. It was then the entrepreneurs and investors, and not just researchers, began to be interested in Google. Notice what they didn't say there Mm -hmm. is the intelligence agencies. Exactly. They, They conveniently gloss over the... The, the intelligence agencies that became interested in Google. It says at the end of 98, the Google search engine contained 60 million pages, and although its founder still did consider it a trial version, it already rivaled the best search engines of the moment, which was Yahoo, AOL, and MSN. The garage where they housed their office was small, so in 99, Google had no choice but to move to Mountain View, California. That's quite the move. Yeah, that's quite the step up. So that's the humble origins, according to... Yes, that seems very humble, yes. doesn't it? I mean... Acco- according to the Google lore, yes. that's, that's its humble beginnings. Yes. However, it seems that um, it wasn't exactly that. Like, the truth is that Google has always had ties to the CIA and the NSA. Mm. Did you look into this one at all, into Google's founding in history? I, I did, yes. All right, It was so. Project Keyhole, wasn't it? No, that was that's something totally different. Oh, that's okay. further in the future. Oh, that's okay. in like the two thousands. Oh, okay, okay. Google was basically straight up funded by CIA. the CIA and NSA to at its startup. Because it said this is from Quartz.com. It says Google's true origin partly lies in the CIA and NSA research grants for mass surveillance. So there, the the, NS, the story goes like this. The real story goes: um, computers were becoming a thing, and the internet was becoming a thing, and there was all this information out there, and the NSA and the CIA were already spying on all of us, but they were like, you know it would make it a lot easier to spy on people is this new thing called the internet. If we could track what they're doing and their comings and goings on the internet, I mean, this would make our job really, really freaking easy. So it says, two decades ago, the U.S. intelligence community worked closely with Silicon Valley in an effort to track citizens in cyberspace, and Google is at the heart of that origin story. Some of the research that led to Google's ambitious creation was funded and coordinated by research group established by the intelligence community to find ways to track individuals and groups online. The intelligence community hoped the nation's leading computer scientists could take non-classified information and user data, combine it with what would become known as the Internet, and begin to create for pro- for-profit commercial enterprises to suit the needs of both the intelligence community and the public. They hoped to direct the supercomputing revolution from the start in order to make sense of what millions of human beings did inside this digital information network. So at the at the start of the internet, they're like, we can do something with this. Right. This could be good. We don't even have to follow them around while they're shopping. We can just like have their information sent directly to us. <laughs> apparently, apparently the internet itself was kind of started by 
the uh, U.S. defense because oh. it was it started with yeah. a bunch of like military mainframe computers right. that were all hooked together, yeah. and so the internet itself started. Yeah, what were, was I watching the other? Oh, um, Trey and I we were watching Transformers, and this was like in '83, and one of the Transformers was injured. And he's like, I need to. I need to get on the the um, the network and and find a a user, and like he like kind of patched into the phone line and it like called over to some kid on his oh, computer, wow. and Jen's like, they had the internet back in the eighties, and I'm like, the oh, they military had a- did. Yeah, I was gonna say that's why I said I said well the the military's been using it since the seventies, and she's mm-hmm. like, what? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. So yes, yes, it's been there. G.I. Joe was, or Transformers was just military propaganda of the time. <laughs> it was. Says, uh, intelligence gathering may have been their world, but the CIA and NSA had come to realize that their future was likely to be profoundly shaped outside the government because they were basically, uh, their budgets were getting cut left right. and right. And you know how the military, or like government, kind of lags behind the, right. the actual world, which yeah. is why. We should let the government take over all the industries, right, yeah, because, because that they, makes things go much better. Yes, which which is why, which is why the intelligence agencies are constantly going to the private right. sector for their technology because the public sector could do such a better job. Yeah. Does that make much sense yeah. to you at all? No, not at all. It's like, yeah, we should just uh, um, pub, like make make it all government owned and government sponsored. It's like, then why do you keep coming to us for your help? Exactly, because there's no innovation in the government. Says it was a time when the military and intelligence budgets within the Clinton administration were in jeopardy. So, like I said, they were cutting budgets and stuff. Uh, So they began uh, requiring cooperation between the government and the private supercomputing companies. Says to do this, they began reaching out to scientists at American universities who were creating this supercomputing revolution. These scientists were developing ways to do what no single group of human beings sitting at a workstation in the NSA and CIA could ever hope to do, gather huge amounts of data and make intelligent sense of it. So, yeah, I mean, not only do they got to gather the information, they also have to sort it and process it and make it, like, actual make sense to a human. So um, they realized the potential in this, this computer shit. Um, let me scroll down because, again, we can't go through all of this. It says, by the mid-90s, the intelligence community was seeding funding to the most promising supercomputing efforts across academia, guiding the creation of efforts to make massive amounts of information useful for both the private sector as well as the intelligence community. Do you think they cared about the private sector? <laughs> no. no. They're like, no, we want in yeah, on that. Like, you know what this would really work good with? Us. Yeah. <laughs> They funded these computer scientists through an unclassified, highly compartmentalized program that was managed for the CIA and NSA by large military and intelligence contractors. It was called the Massive Digital Data System Project, MDDS Project. It was introduced to several dozen leading computer scientists at Stanford, Caltech, MIT, Carnegie Mellon, Harvard, and others. Um, Described what the CIA, NSA, and DARPA hope to achieve. The research would largely be funded and managed by unclassified science agencies like the NSF, which would allow the architecture to be scaled up in the private sector if it managed to achieve what the intelligence communities hoped for. Hmm. So it says, not only are activities becoming more complex, but changing demands require that the intelligence communities process different types as well as larger volumes of data. This is in the MDDS papers that they were talking about. 
says, uh, over the next few years, the program stated... aim was to provide more than a dozen grants of several million dollars each to advance this research concept. Then it gets into uh, the end goal, I guess. The research arm of the CIA and NSA hoped that the best computer science minds in academia could identify what they called birds of a feather. Just as geese fly together in large V-shapes, flocks of sparrows, blah, 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 they predict that like-minded groups of humans would move together online. So basically, tracking the terrorist groups online. Yeah. Back in the 90s, the things that they're talking about doing now, right. they had that idea back then. They called it this birds of a yeah. feather uh, project, I guess. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, these white supremacist groups, or oh, these uh, yeah. uh, brown terrorist groups. I mean, they, they thought that with the emerging internet and communication online, they're like, well, these, these people are going to start to... like right. Form community online yeah. communities, right? And so they're like, uh, "Yeah, let let's look into this." Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, you know what'd be even better is if we started the communities and they came to us." <laughs> Says they predicted that potential terrorists would communicate with each other in this new global connected world. Then it gets into uh, the founders of Google, which was Sergey Brin and Larry Page. Says computer science boy wonders. Says, uh, in 95, one of the first and most promising MDDS grants, which is that program that I was talking about, went to a computer science research team at Stanford University with a decade-long history of working with the NSF and DARPA grants. Says a couple different grants here. It says, uh, both grants funded research by two grad students who were making rapid advance in web page rankings as well as tracking and making sense of user queries. Future Google co-founders Sergey Brin and Larry Page. So the CIA's MDDS grants s- straight up funded this Brin and Page. The, right. So the they, founders. they bought them the little garage. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> says the research by Brin and Page under these grants became the heart of Google. So mm. with CIA money... They, they produced yeah. Google. But it says people using search functions to find precisely what they wanted inside a very large data set. The intelligence community, intelligence community, however, saw a slightly different benefit in their research. Those two, not the CIA's. Those two's research, the benefit that they got out of it was, could the network be organized so efficiently that individual users could be uniquely identified and tracked? Huh. So, yeah. I mean, I, data mining. Do, do you think they're these evil like intelligence people, or do you think they're just like, oh, this big government funding to help us do what we're doing? And oh, yeah. yeah, we just got to share some of the information. But, but that's that's been scientists through time. Mm. I mean, you think the the guys who were like, hey, we can split atoms, you know, <laughs> thought that you know eventually that was super compartmentalized too. Just yeah, the way they were talking, right. this MDDS program was extremely compartmentalized. Yeah. So. A lot of the people probably had no idea what they were even working on, yeah. and then they put it all together and created the atomic bomb uh, yeah. or created this yeah. spy network, online spy network. Yeah. Do you ever see that movie Real Genius with Val Kilmer? It's an 80s so. movie. They're like these geniuses in school, and so basically their, their professor gets them to like create a laser. And so they create a laser, and they just think that the laser is cool. Well, he had a different group working on a tracking system so that they could direct and aim the the laser the way they wanted to. And so basically, he had these different groups working on a weapon system. Then they had they no had no idea, idea what they were doing, no and that sounds yeah. exactly like what they always do. Yeah, it's yeah everything, <laughs> yeah. everything that they do involves right. this because compartmentalization. You, you know, with scientists, scientists are like, hey, we have a breakthrough. Let's 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 keep going down and see what happens, and, and then, then you, the 
Well, you get like a government agency that's like, oh, that's really cool. What yeah. if we gave you a shit ton of right, money right. to help you with yeah. that? Well, yeah, obviously yeah. we're gonna. And then they're jump like, well, that, that would work great with these guys working over here on yeah, this I'll, project. The the only stipulation is you let us in yeah. on some of your research, right? You, and you let us, yeah, you let us have your research, and then you you let us do what we want with it afterwards. And I'm pretty sure I'm not sure Google, but uh, a lot of these companies, I'm sure Google was too. The NSA offered their data, so the yeah. da- their collected data on humans. Oh, sure. To you in like trade for right. your technology and data yeah. to them. So it's like kind of inbreed yeah. and sharing right. of the data. So, so they feel like, oh, we're peers. Yeah, right? and so they got to use that data to incorporate into Google and like help their mm-hmm. uh, search queries and stuff like that in their algorithms and stuff. So yeah, so yeah I mean, they they funded it, and then also they assisted in the right. like the data building of it. So this goes on to say, the final thing in this article I want to read, it says, The CIA and NSA funded an unclassified, compartmentalized program designed from its inception to spur something that looks almost exactly like Google. Hmm. So what do you think of this? Google's humble beginnings now. Yeah, well, it definitely uh, makes you look at it with, you know, like much more weary you know again it oh it's charming two guys created up in the garage but then when you're like oh but they had cia funding <laughs> that kind of puts a different spin on it yeah it's just interesting how we have this direct connection to the intelligence community that is just so vastly yeah. ignored in their humble right. origin story right. like and back on that 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 first one it just says it was uh Entrepreneurs and investors, and yeah. not just researchers. It doesn't ever say, yeah. "Oh yeah, the CIA was very interested yeah. in this right. too and began investing in it too." And, and I'm sure if you clicked on Google's page, you know about us, you know it doesn't say anything what's about. In, what's interesting is um, apparently the MDDS program touts that they were kind of the for- front runner for Google, but Google doesn't say anything about MDDS right. in there. So right. it's just like. One is saying, yes, it's connected, but the other is like, no, let's just ignore that. Well, because- if, if they came out and be like, welcome to this search <laughs> designed almost totally by the CIA. Yeah. Would you like to use our system now? <laughs> right, right. Brought to you by the like, Central you know- Intelligence Agency of the United States, <laughs> yeah. spying on you since 1960, yeah. whatever. Be like, uh, actually, I'll try Lycos. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Is Alta Vista still around? <laughs> yeah. Bing? I, I, anything? I don't know. Not even Bing, because isn't that Microsoft? I think so, yeah. yeah. No, we don't Jeeves. want that either. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Again, we let Jeeves down. Yes. Um, so we talked again a, a few weeks ago on the dead internet episode. Um, we talked about how Google used to be amazing and we we're just like, what happened? I don't know. The government infiltrated and made it worse. Well, it seems that the government from the start was infiltrated into it. So this whole like Google altering your views to, um, like, influence elections or influence this or push this narrative and this agenda that's that's now what google has become like is that just maybe the intelligence community is calling in their chips it's like you know how we funded you from the start and you want to exist today if it wasn't for us now we want you to do something for us we want you to change the algorithm so people are looking over here not over here so and if you don't we might have to let it slip that uh that we funded you or maybe maybe they're still funding them right yeah 
Or maybe Google's just that woke now that they're like, no, maybe they're just that in bed with it now that they're like, no, you're you're right. We'll do oh, that I, for I'm you. sure it is. I mean, do you really think, I mean, the, the parent company, ABC, you know, you think they're developing smart cities without any thought of what the government tracking can no. be? I mean, and again, I, I'm pretty sure they're probably using government information to even figure out how to create that algorithm. Oh, you know they are. Yeah. They, you know it's like combining data and stuff, the same as what happened with Google yeah. here. So let's let's move to another. Have you ever heard of a, uh, pro, a project called LifeLog? No. All right, let's talk about LifeLog, because this one, this one might blow your mind. Sounds and like I, a, I, a Fitbit. Thing. I yeah it does kind of I didn't share this one with you because I wanted to get your okay your reaction here in real time. <clears throat> so this one says in the aftermath of nine eleven, uh so so nice uh, yes. coming off of a nine eleven holiday that yes, we had we can talk it. about nine eleven. In the aftermath of September 11th attacks, DARPA, in close collaboration with the U.S. intelligence community, specifically the CIA, began developing a pre-crime approach to combating terrorism. Oh, I did read about this one. Known as Total Information Awareness, or TIA. So, basically, they want all your information. Right. The purpose of TIA was developed as an all-seeing military surveillance apparatus. <laughs> Scary enough? Yeah. Yeah, them looking at everything and basically like predicting what you're going to do next. Right. It's like a Minority Report. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. what it tied yeah. it into was Minority Report. It says the official logic behind TIA was that invasive surveillance of the entire U.S. population was necessary to prevent terrorist attacks, bioterrorist events, and even naturally occurring disease outbreaks. So precursor oh. to COVID nineteen. Right. So. The the again we talked last week how the things that came out of nine eleven mm-hmm. mer- morphed into what we dealt with during COVID nineteen right the yes. the invasive the the privacy invasion yeah. um, that came from post nine eleven mm-hmm. uh, projects and post nine eleven uh, yeah. theology and, and, and even things. even the the creating or directing the flow of information yes so. Um, it talks a little more about Tia. It says, The man who led it during its relatively brief existence was John Poindexter, best known for being Ronald Reagan's national security advisor during the Iran-Contra affair. That's scary. And for being convicted of five felonies in relation to that scandal. So now he's in charge of this surveillance program. That's beautiful. How does that make you feel? Right. That's probably his payoff for taking the rap. It says, A less well-known activity of the Iran-Contra Figures like Poindexter and Oliver North was their development of the main core database to be used in continuity of government protocols. Main core was used to compile a list of U.S. dissidents and potential troublemakers to be dealt with if the COG protocols were ever invoked. Hmm. They may, like we talk about getting put on a list, yeah. they actually have a fucking list. They, oh, yeah. they, this yeah. is the list of potential trouble. It's not... Hey, you did something wrong. You're on this. No, it's like these guys. We got to keep an eye. And so if something actually goes down, um, these are the first people we're right. going to look at. These people on the list it says these protocols could be invoked for a variety of reasons. <laughs> Excuse me, including widespread public opposition to U.S. military intervention abroad, widespread internal dissent, or vaguely defined moments of national crisis or time of panic, i.e., COVID nineteen. 
Americans were not informed if their names were ever placed on the list. And a person could be added to the list for merely having attended a protest in the past or failing to pay their taxes. Wow. So, you ask, are we on a list? We're absolutely fucking on a list right now. Absolutely. CD is here. CD, how's it going? CD says, it's allowed to exist because the government found benefit in its existence. Yes, that's like every other company out there. So, yes. It goes on to say... Uh, the program, the TIA program, met considerable outrage, uh, citizen outrage, after it was revealed to the public in early 2003, because it goes, it says, um, the surveillance effort would kill privacy in America because every aspect of our lives would be cataloged, yeah. and we're fighting terror by f- terrifying U.S. citizens. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So, in response to the outrage, they changed the name from total. Uh, information awareness to terrorist information awareness. So it's oh, still TIA, but we're focusing yes. on terrorists. But right. as we're focusing on terrorists, terrorists. But <laughs> as we see today, yes. we're all fucking terrorists. Right? So they can still use that shit on all of us. It says soon after TIA was initiated, a similar program, DARPA program, was taking shape under the direction of a close friend of Point Dexter's, DARPA program manager Douglas Gage. Gage's project was LifeLog, and it sought to build a database tracking a person's entire existence, which includes an individual's relationships and communications, phone calls, mail, emails, all that shit. Uh, Their media consumption habits, their purchases, and much more. So basically building this giant digital record, like permanent digital record of your relationship status, of uh, your memories, your events, your experiences. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like they're tracking everything you're doing. But is there something out there that tracks your relationship status, no, your memories, Facebook. your experiences? Yeah. yeah, sounds a lot like Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. This this life log uh, sounds very eerily similar, uh, tracking everything you do. Right. Because people willingly put that out yeah. there. So look what I had for dinner today. Yeah, look uh, look where I'm going today. Posting from this block in Kansas City. Yes. LifeLog, per Gage and his supporters, would create a permanent and searchable electronic diary of a person's entire life, which DARPA argued could be used to create next-generation digital assistance and offer near-perfect digital memory. Hmm. Gage insisted even after the program was shut down that individuals would have had complete control of, over their own data oh, of course. Uh, collection efforts. So yeah. you could opt out of it, obviously. Yeah. Even though we didn't know it was a thing, right, right. we did... We did have the ability to opt out yeah. if we knew it existed. Well, you don't have to share your location. It says mm-hmm. they could decide when to s- turn sensors on or off and decide who will share the data. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> uh, it says the information that LifeLog gleaned from an individual's every interaction with technology would be combined with information obtained from a, a GPS transmitter that tracked and documented the person's location, audiovisual sensors, um, as well as biometric monitors that gauge the person's health. Wow. So basically, it's, it says the medical research and early detection of an emerging epidemic. So they wanted to... Right. All this shit. Yeah. Uh, basically, sounds like um, the... Oh, uh, what was it? The digital IDs that, right. that they yeah. wanted to impose. I mean, could you ma- yeah. I mean, could you imagine that it, it transmitting like, oh, you got a fever today. We're just going to let them know about that. You right. Know? <laughs> So it, it talks about how this got a lot of pushback, too. So they end up closing the doors on this. But it says, in the years after LifeLog was canceled, uh, that person that founded it began working for DARPA 
and the intelligence communities again. Related, so this is just like a, this is a sidebar here. Yeah. Uh, related AI research product. So he's working on intelligence AI projects. In addition, the AI lab at MIT, what the fuck, go away, uh, was intimately connected with the 80s corporation and DARPA contractor called Thinking Machines. Do you know what Thinking Machines became? I don't. Thinking Machines was the precursor for IBM computers. Oh, okay. Who was it whose mom got him involved in IBM before he went on to do his own thing? Mm, was it? Bill Gates. Okay. Bill Gates' mom got him a job working for IBM. So, I mean, yeah. it's just a it's side. It's an evolving door. It's just a side yeah. note, but it's just like, well, but, there's the, the, yeah. the Bill Gates connection, too, right. because Thinking Machines was a known DARPA contractor, mm-hmm. and all our computers in the military were IBM or Thinking right. Machines. Yeah. They they absolutely were. And so um, I have a feeling that Bill Gates has plenty of connections well, there, it, too. It, it seems like, you know, you look at these smart companies, these tech companies, and the intelligence community and, and government, it, it seems like it's the same revolving door as we looked at with, like, the NED and, and mm. you know, BlackRock and all this oh, stuff. Oh, I'm going to get into the revolving door of this, too, yeah. because I have one specific example just to show the revolving door that this involves, because mm-hmm. it's exactly that. It's yeah. like they start here, they go there, and they work their way here, and yeah. then they move back here, and it's all the same fucking thing. Yeah. Um, so Thinking Machines was founded by lab luminaries, including Danny Hills, or Hillis, Marvin Minsky, and Eric Lander, who all three happen to be revealed as close associates of Jeffrey Epstein, no oh less. Oh, my. Who generously donated to MIT. Did not see that connection coming. Yeah. I didn't either, but I felt I had to point that. You can't, and they just breeze past that. Oh, of and course. And they yeah. move on. Yeah, right. So, uh, back to LifeLog. So, it goes on to say, after LifeLog program shut down, critics were worried that it would, like Tia, continue to do the same thing, but under a different name. Mm-hmm. One of the things that it kind of merged into was uh, this project called uh, um, Palantir, which yes. was started by uh, Peter Thiel. And we'll get into Peter Thiel yeah. Um on down because just remember that name, Peter Thiel. Yeah. But he started this Palantir project, which was more data mining than any of the others of these combined. Yeah. It, it's basically we want to predict the future right. through data mining. Yeah. So, and, and Palantir, you know, is from Lord of the Rings. Yes, which right? is like the all seen yeah, like all seen eye. Mm-hmm. That's scary shit. Yeah, and these are nerds too because oh, they yeah. they come up with like Palantir and there's like a project called the Jedi Project. And, oh wow! Um, yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. But um, moving on, I I want to specifically focus on LifeLog for okay. a, for another minute or two because you probably didn't hear this part. Let me scroll down. Says the shutting of TIA and DARPA had an impact on several related programs, which were also dismantled in the wake of public outrage over DARPA's post 9 11 programs. One of these was LifeLog. Um, it goes on to say the firestorm of criticism over LifeLog took its program manager, Doug Gage, by surprise, and Gage has continued to assert the program's crit- to the pro- that the program's critics. Holy shit. Completely mischaracterized the goals and ambitions of LifeLog. Despite Gage's protests, those of LifeLog's would-be researchers and other supporters, the project was publicly nixed on February 4th, 2004. Publicly. Yeah, it was nixed. It was canceled. It was ended February 4th, 2004. Do you know what else happened February 4th, 
2004? I'm thinking Rise of Facebook. Facebook became a company that okay. day, that exact wow. day. Lifelog that that tracks your freaking yeah. uh, every move, your comings, your goings, your what you eat, your relationship status. It goes away, and suddenly on that exact same day, Facebook wow. became a company. Wow. It launched its website on February 4th, 2004. That's crazy. How does that make you feel? Uh, really paranoid. <laughs> so, do you think... Uh, have you seen the, the movie Social Network? The, the Facebook movie? Yes. Um, do, so now do you buy the story of this like computer nerd that like stole a couple bits of programming data and then formed this giant thing with yeah. nobody's help in, the, in his dorm, not in a no. garage, but in his dorm, yes. writing on the windows with a crayon or right. something? No. Or, no. or you th I, I'm do you think it's just mere coincidence that this thing that would looked exactly like the CIA's version yeah. of Facebook, or at least the things that the CIA wanted it to be, is exactly what Facebook does? It just yeah. coincidentally happened the same day? Uh, no, I do not. I do not believe that's a coincidence at all. <laughs> you think you would think one would think <laughs> that they'd at least wait a day. That or they a would. Week. They would. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't seem so obvious. Yeah, they would be like, no, you hold off for a couple of days, and Zuckerberg's like, I want to do this now. Yeah. Right. Well, and it, it really makes it seem like like they kind of just were like, hey, we heard you're, you're working on a project. We got some information that may be helpful for you. Yeah. We'll share our again, like yeah. with Google, we'll share, we'll fund, we'll finance. Yeah. And, yeah. All you gotta do is put two and two together. But uh, like, you can't find any evidence of like CIA grants oh, or course. anything like yeah. that with Facebook. Maybe it's because the CIA didn't help it. Maybe the CIA is what created it. Like, did yeah. did Zuckerberg ever even create it, or is he just like some patsy like poster right. child? Hey, we need another nerd yeah. to stand out in front of us yeah. to say, hey, look at this thing that I did. So, <laughs> I guess my question is: Is Facebook? Sharing like we think Facebook shares with the intelligence communities, or is Facebook actually the intelligence communities? <laughs> that's a valid. That's a valid question. Yeah, maybe it is exactly the the intelligence committee, or you know, following people. Maybe that's, that's valid. You know, maybe we're grasping at straws, and that's fine. But I, it, like, but, but when I you mean, look at what Facebook is and what it's turned into, and when you look at Zuckerberg, and look at Zuckerberg, <laughs> and yeah, that was another thing. It's like I've presupposed that Zuckerberg's not a real person from right. for a long time yeah. now. You watch him talk, I'm like, that's an AI bot for sure. Right. That guy's got to be a bot. So maybe he's an AI, like a CIA-funded AI bot that they just put up right. on a screen, and he's not actually anywhere. Right. He's just there. Or he's like a hologram or something. You know, they're, yeah. they have more intel. Like, they're... Their technology is way beyond yeah. what we know exists out there. So it, maybe he is an, a hologram. It, it really makes you rethink meta, doesn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. If uh, Facebook was directly from the CIA, mm -hmm. then what is meta? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what, what, and what is the goal of meta besides to, I don't know, like they don't have to track all our physical movement at that point no. because they'll just, all our movements will be done. In the CIA's yeah. little, then they will playground. actually be able to to track your thoughts. Yes, that's scary. That is. So another another side note, I guess. Do you know who the first investors were? Do you remember who the first investors were in Facebook? Like the first people besides Zuckerberg and his uh, other Jewish friend, Justin uh, Timberlake. It was <laughs> Justin Timberlake, but it was who Justin Timberlake played. It right, wasn't right, actually. Right. Yeah, uh, Sean Parker of Napster. 
Okay. He was a, a computer genius. Yes. Like a child prodigy. He yeah. hacked into like government computers and then would email and be like, hey, I found all these holes. He, uh, the FBI raided his house at one point. Did you know that at some point of time, the CIA tried to recruit him at like 17 years old? That doesn't surprise me at all. But supposedly, the story goes, he turned it down and oh, okay. then went on to create Napster. Sure. Now, do you turn down the CIA when they try to recruit you? I, I don't think so, because I don't, can't imagine you being successful in life if that happens. No, <laughs> no. Or you'd end up in jail. Like, it's usually right. a tit for tat. Like, you know, you either go to jail for hacking or right. you come work for us. Exactly. And it, it they're never going to come out and say Sean Parker worked. For no, the CIA, no. because that discredits everything that Sean Parker yeah. stood for in his Napster days, which was like piracy and stuff like that. Right. So, but I wouldn't be at all shocked. But that explains how he got around the FBI warnings. Yes. <laughs> and then um, that again ties the CIA in a way back to Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. He was the first investor in Facebook. Okay. Sean Parker. Sean Parker, do you know who he brought in as the first outside investor? Mm-mm. Peter Thiel. Who we okay. talked about of Palantir. But Palantir. He was he was actually the co founder of PayPal. Did you know that? I did know that, yes. Yes. So him and Elon Musk connections, Peter Thiel. Yes. Uh, it, it all ties together. Yeah. Thinking Elon Musk is the uh, white savior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it all ties back together. So uh now we're now we're on track with Peter Thiel and this Palantir company because that one's really scary. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to move on too quickly. I feel like, like we we see that Facebook does this, and we see mm-hmm. that Google is this. But then, does that mean the others aren't, or do you think they're all just as in bed with it? I, like, I think they're all in bed with like, it. Like, what about Twitter? Do we know? Like, I didn't find much info on Twitter, but yeah, it seems that they kind of go the way well, of yeah. And, and the the Twitter guy seems like he's he's very much willing to play ball with mm-hmm. with the government. Yeah, um he was in on that whole war games. Yeah. Uh rigged the election yeah. thing that we talked about as well as Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. So no. I don't know. I, <laughs> Definitely Twitter and what Instagram's owned by Meta. So you know they're they're in, the in on it. Yeah. yeah. And Google owns everything. Google owns YouTube right. and Google owns yeah. uh um who all owns, the shit. Who owns Reddit? I'm not sure who owns Reddit. Oh, okay. So I, I the, the alien guy on the little logo. The aliens <laughs> own Reddit, so we're we're, that, we're that's cool safe. there. That's safe. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Let's keep going. Let's let, let's get into Peter Thiel because it still has Facebook connections, right? Yes. Peter Thiel is the worst of the worst, in my opinion, when it comes to this, because he's just. He's all on board with this data tracking. Apparently, he was a, a pro-Trumper, too, which is oh, really? really scary to that me. That is scary. Yeah. He was, he was a, one of the original investors of Facebook. He was a PayPal. He was a big tech giant. He was a Trump backer, diehard Trump backer. Hmm. But his, his newest product makes Facebook and uh, the Google shit and all that shit, it just makes it—, it Makes it look like peanuts compared to what he's working on now, which is that Pelantier company. And this is the one you actually read about. So yeah. <laughs> the the ads <laughs> that pop up on this are gross. <laughs> so this is, I don't know, I can't read that far. The WashingtonStandard.com. It okay. says, yes, okay, so this one's titled, 
Peter Thiel and Palantir, the CIA-backed tech giant that's sifting and sorting your info for the government. Apparently, this is uh, this has um, Israeli intelligence backing too. That doesn't surprise me. So, I mean, this article doesn't talk about it, but it's the, it's out there. I mean, there's weird connections out there that can be made. It says, yes, while a t- tyrannical government that violates the law and searches and seizes without probable cause and a warrant are realities that we should be concerned about, there's a tremendous threat coming from a company called Palantir, which is backed by the CIA. Palantir presents himself as, so this is their slogan, we build products that make people better at their most important work. I wonder who came up with that. Is that not as vague as it comes? <laughs> yeah, right. So what do you guys do? What's Palantir? Um, we, we make products that make you better at working. <laughs> so what product? All the products. Yeah, all of them. You name one. Name so one. It, Pencils? It says sure. the kind of work you read about on the front page of newspapers, not just the technology section. <laughs> I was going to say, usually it's the front page of the papers. There's things you hope not to read. Yeah, you don't want to be on the <laughs> yeah, front right. page of the newspaper, but apparently that's what he helps with that, that kind of work. Uh, yeah, that's, oh, that's okay. scary. says, indeed, we have read about some of their work on front page of newspapers, including the trial of the Oregon protests of 2016, where Palantir software was used to aid in sorting data for the FBI's information they gathered from Facebook. So these guys work directly. They have this massive data sorting software that sorts all this data collected. He does it for the FBI, the CIA, to lock people up for protests and shit. That, that's part of what this is. Part, that's just a small, minor part of what this is. says the CIA itself was an early investor in the startup through NQTEL, the agency's venture capital branch, which we're going to dig more into. But again, they, that's the CIA invest directly into startups through this NQTEL, which is separate from the CIA, but directly funded by the CIA. So, But okay. they're not the same. It's it's like um, the NAD. They're an NGO, non-governmental gotcha. organization, okay. but they're solely funded by the government. So gotcha. NQTEL, or NQTEL, is not. They, they specify they are not part of the CIA, but all their funding comes it's from and, the CIA. Yes, and all their uh, um, orders come directly from the CIA as well. It says Palantir has landed at least $1.2 billion in federal contracts since 2009, but will not release the names of its government clientele. So, so they have all this government clientele, like specifically, I mean, let me read some of them. As of 2013, it included the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, the Center for Disease Control, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, Special Ops Command, West Point, and the IRS. Oh, wow. But but they don't release all of their information. This is just what we know of. It says up to 50% of its business is with the government sector. In QTEL, the CIA's venture arm was an early investor. It says Palantir tracks everyone from potential terrorist suspects to corporate fraudsters. I guess Bernie Madoff was imprisoned through the help of Palantir. I oh. didn't. So this goes way back. That it is. Wow. It also uh, helps with child traffickers and what they're referred to uh, what they refer to as subversives. So that list again that right. we're talking about is yes. like the the would be could be potential criminals right. based on their actions and yeah. thoughts and stuff. But it is all done by using prediction, it says. So it gathers all, it, it doesn't just gather this data. Palantir isn't like gather this data and see something that's wrong and 
say, hey, this guy said this, so he's obviously part of it. No, it gathers all this data and uses the AI and algorithms to predict what they're going to do, and then they use that to convict these people. Hmm. Through it, it's like future reading, right? Yeah, f- yeah, predictive. Um, it back to that minority report shit. Yeah, which again is scary. I mean, how can you how can you convict on someone's thoughts? Uh, the thought police. Well, Palantir yeah, I, I, mean, I, I would be in fucking jail if people read my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, imagine if they ran our um, data through the algorithms. I mean, they come up with really weird shit. Right. Now, some of the things I Google, um, I it's just broad. It's so broad that yeah. they. I think Palantir would just probably melt down. <laughs> yeah. Right. But nope, nope, not doing it. Says yet, Palantir and its owners claim they are all about protecting the rights of the people from government surveillance. Bullshit. How do you tout that? Yeah, right. When they're giving it and directly working and funded yes. by the intelligence services, they're giving your information, to, but they're all about protecting your rights from yeah. the... Like, what do they do? Just give them anonymous information? Right. Like, that's the yeah. only thing I could come up with that, that yeah. they're helping with. But but even that, it's like somebody is still invading your privacy. Somebody is still watching you. It doesn't matter if they're not... Well, we're, we're, tr- we're doing it so that the government doesn't do it. They're, you're still doing it. Pretty much. Is right? Uh, the co-founder said, I didn't sign up for the government to know when I smoke a joint or have an affair. Uh, but basically, it, we're fine like finding out that... But, but we'll tell them whenever you do it. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Says in the same article, Thiel, Peter Thiel, uh, lays out that Palantir's mission, with privacy in mind, is to reduce terrorism while preserving civil liberties. Wow. <laughs> How oh, is that hilarious. even possible? It's fucking hilarious, the things that they think that they come... that they yeah. believe in or that at least right. try to say they stand for um apparently edward snowden uh s- revealed that palantir was quick to deny it had any connection to um the nsa spy program known as prism which shares a codename with one of its software products <laughs> <laughs> the current iteration of palantir's website includes an entire section on privacy and civil liberties <laughs> Oh, it's gross. And well, and and it's like, I mean, what's that saying? Uh, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> yeah, something. Like I that. mean, and that's exactly what this is. It's like, oh well, you know, we're we're doing it so you, we we're protecting you guys, but we're still taking care of crime. Well, I'm sorry, they're still using your information, your data. right? Yeah, they're still using your data, your collected data that I did not give you permission yeah. to use willingly. Give you permission to use. Um, yeah, you're collecting that and using it to predict what I'm going to do, that right. I'm going to commit a crime. Yeah. Apparently, their security, though, is tight. Oh, sure. Like, they are in, like, these... Their servers are in these buildings that not even cell signal can get through. Don't they keep the telepaths in the bath? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, uh, it's inaccessible, uh, completely hack-proof and all this shit, because they don't want their information getting out. Right. Oh, Which is actually your information. Exactly. Says it's hard to square this purported commitment to privacy with proof garnered from documents provided by Edward Snowden that Palantir has helped expand and accelerate the NSA's global spy network. So it talks about this X key score. It says notably the partnership has included building software specifically to facilitate, augment, and accelerate the use of X key score, one of the most expansive and potentially intrusive tools in the NSA's arsenal. Beautiful. According to Snowden, documents published by The Guardian in 2013, X-Key Score is 
By the NSA's own admission, its widest-reaching program, capturing nearly everything a typical user does on the Internet. Jeez. So, no, they're all about your privacy, but they, Palantir, helped create the software necessary for this X key score. But all about your privacy. Right. So here's what X key score did. It collected communication... Not only including emails, chats, and web browsing traffic, but also pictures, documents, voice calls, webcam photos, web searches, advertising traffic, social media traffic, botnet traffic, logged keystrokes, computer network exploitation targeting, uh, intercepted username and passwords, uh, file uploads to online services, Skype sessions, and more. But they're all about your privacy. Absolutely. That's that's this Peter Thiel, the, the co-founder of PayPal, the... Uh, First outside investor of Facebook. So again, we have this government connection, this NSA, CIA connection back to Facebook be- through this guy right. who is now, he was like, you know, Facebook doesn't do enough for yeah, me. Yeah, right, right. We should be going harder. We yeah. should be collecting more data. And so now he is directly wow, collecting everything. Yeah. And helping the, the intelligence agencies right. collect everything. Oh, let's see. Is there anything more on this? Wow. So it says, These documents show how Palantir applies Silicon Valley's playbook to domestic law enforcement. New users are welcomed with discounted hardware and federal grants sharing their own data in return for access to others. That's what I was talking about. Like, the NSA gives these grants and says, Hey, we'll give you data to help build up your algorithms, your data uh, collection, and then you, in turn, share your data back with us. It's a... Win-win, win-win right. situation. For them. <laughs> Says, when enough jurisdictions join Palantir's interconnected web of police departments, government agencies, and databases, the resulting data trove resembles a pay-to-access social network or a Facebook of crime that's both Jeez. invisible and largely unaccountable to citizens whose behavior attracts. So again, it's that that list, but not only a list, this is like yeah. a, an entire social media profile of you that you are not allowed to see. Right. And you're not allowed to like hold them accountable for the data that they gather yeah. on you. So, so we all have our own like black Facebook right. accounts out there. That's like, yeah, just in case. Uh, I it sorts it so precisely too that it can just like type in your name right. and pull up the oh, shit I'm on sure. you. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and it pulls up like pictures. Yeah, and, it's and like, locations. So, and... so like, oh, we, we saw this guy here. Well, first let's do some facial recognition. Mm-hmm. Oh, it pulls up this. Well, pull up his his uh, Palantir account. He pulls it up. It's like, well, this guy ate yeah. here, and he did this, and he called these people, and he and he yeah. looked up this. So we, they have all this information already gathered on you. Yeah. I mean. Makes the law enforcement's job oh, super yeah. easy. They know exactly where to pick you up. Yeah, it's like, do you got any evidence on this guy? It's like, hey, wait a second. Click, click, click. Here, here. Here's like yeah. 18 pages of evidence. Yeah. And with the Pfizer warrants, they don't need to actually have evidence to get a warrant on you. Yeah, FISA, right? not Pfizer. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> FISA warrant. And, and Same so, thing. Yeah, right. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, they don't, they don't need to have you know, information to get the warrant anymore. They can right. just get the warrant and they can build a case off of you just based on what they pick up off your social media. Right. So 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 Palantir was their first backers of Palantir was that InQtel that you yeah. talked about. That's going back to that Facebook article. I'm not gonna dig back into it, but they were their initial investors. So they can say, hey, we're not part of this. But right. again, the CIA 
started the funding for this. Like the the first backer, the first financial backer was specifically the CIA. Right. And like I said, 50% of their clientele is intelligence agency yeah. or government agencies or the Department of Defense, DARPA, yeah. whatever. Right. Um, it's like most of their work is for uh, these government agencies yeah. that, that we don't want yeah. to give and, our information And again, to. They, they, they tout it. I mean, like you said, they, they got Q in the freaking name, mm-hmm. you know, so they're, they're saying, hey, yeah, this is where we get our, our toys. This is where we get our tools to use against you. Yeah, but we're going to talk... We're going to get into break, and then we'll talk more about the NQTEL. I've got a yeah. little bit about that, because we, we kind of mentioned that they were the startup investments. Right. And so I want to dig a little bit into that just yeah. just because. And then we got we got a couple other things. I wanted to talk about the revolving door that you mm-hmm. brought up and uh, some other stuff. I even want to get into cryptocurrency, because um, there's, there's some shit out there about like Bitcoin yeah. being... Uh, connected to the CIA as Wait till well. Wait you get to the Pokemon Go shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait till we talk about Pokemon Go. Yeah. And this is not a joke. Um, that that game that was popular... Yeah, that through, everybody was playing. All the millennials were playing. I mean, not me, but everybody. All the, like, <laughs> 20-some-year-old, like, right. younger millennials yeah. were, like, wandering around and getting Roaming hit around by, the city. Getting hit by cars yeah, and, right. like, <laughs> trespassing on people's property. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that might have some connection, too. Right. We'll get into that. We're going to take a few minutes break first so we can let our brains wind down real quick before we get right back into the crazy shit. So when we come back, we're going to talk about more crazy stuff. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence to new ways to develop rugged individualism to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey everybody, I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast, that is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. And we're back. And Bill is ready. Mostly. Mostly. Mostly ready. It's like, 
I'm like, you're right. Yes. And as soon and all as of a sudden, everything starts everything falling fell down. down. <laughs> just like, okay, we're not ready. Just, but we're just ready stop. now. Just stop and sit. <laughs> we're back and we're talking about the incestual love affair slash conception of the intelligence community and big tech. That's good. Basically, basically, the intelligence communities got together and had a love affair between themselves and bore these like big tech companies. Yes. And then. And now you're in love with them. Well, then their big <laughs> tech companies got in bed with their parent uh, Intel communities and formed other tech companies. Yes. And then they got in bed with their parents and grandparents and formed these like other intelligence tech companies. It's like a digital soap opera. Everybody's <laughs> really, fucking everybody. Everybody <laughs> is absolutely fucking everybody. So it's the way we like it, I guess. Yeah. So what do you think it's so far? It's um, it makes me wonder why I'm why I'm still on social media. <laughs> yeah, it, it, or Google at that. Right? At that. Yeah. Or well, anything digital, actually. Yeah, I but mean, what what? What alternative do we have? Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, in this world, you, to exist, you have to be online, mm-hmm. you know, but... Well, we found out at the first half that basically the intelligence community created the uh, online experience, yeah. the, the internet. The search engine, the most popular The most popular engine. one they started, like, yes. helped found. Um, we have reason to believe that Facebook is the direct... Uh, love child of... Not even love child, it's... The CIA's life log turned into yes. a it's private It's like they just put on a fake pair of glasses and a mustache. Yeah. Pre- what? Basically. No life log? Never, Never heard, heard of it. Of it. <laughs> I mean, life log kind of sounds like Facebook yeah. pretty much. Right, right. Yeah. So, I wonder, is MySpace in there or is no, Tom, Tom totally... No, no Tom's Tom, innocent. That's why Tom went away. They probably yeah. pushed him out they of the game. Did. They probably killed him. They're like, yeah. Do we have any confirmation on Tom? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, is there... I mean... Tom starts the social media, and then the CIA is like, we're going to do this, too. Yeah, do you want in do on it. the ground floor of this? And Tom's like, no. And they're like, He's okay, like, no, you're I'm out. I'm keeping it pure. Gone. And they're like, <laughs> yep, two, two bullets to the back of the yep, head, suicide, suicide style. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what we found out in the first half is a lot of these startups, a lot of these big tech companies were funded through the CIA's investment firm, which is InQtel. Which Q is? Do you think uh, Q like the QAnon came? Like, do you think maybe there's no. some connection there? No, I, I mean, there's reason to believe yeah, that. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, hold there's on. Peter think... Thiel is a Trumper. That's that's true too. Oh fuck! We may have just opened up a whole new can. Well, there's a lot of people that that think Q is like a what inside. If Peter like Thiel is Q. What if Peter Thiel is Q? Indeed. Oh my God! What what did we just do? <laughs> Uh, we probably said Q enough time to get us kicked say, off YouTube. So. At least. <laughs> so, again, uh, they, they talk... This show is brought to you by the letter Q, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about how Q's possibly, um, like, uh, what's that, controlled opposition oh, or whatever. Right, so right, right, right. it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. So let's talk about this in tell a little more because, um, I mean, we keep kind of bringing it up, but let, let's just dig a little. It says the CIA's... Intel or NQTEL is investing in startups that can predict the future. Fantastic. Yeah. One of those being the, what was it, Pal- Palantir? Was, what was the name of it? Oh, pa- Palantir. Palantir, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Peter Thiel startup. Yes. So, and they were specifically trying to predict the future. Oh, yeah. So, this one says we tend 
to unknowingly or neglectfully expose a lot of our personal data on the internet, and oftentimes it's not our fault. Social networks and digital applications marketed as utility or source of entertainment can also be used for mining data and giving corporations incredible insight into our personal lives. That data is then analyzed, analyzed, (laughs) same thing, and stored to develop a profile that decides the best way to target us with advertisements or or criminal charges, probably. Yeah, right. So... Um, it says InQtel's. So this, it's talking about InQtel being this investor, right. um, and it has direct Google connection too, yes. and that's that keyhole that you were talking about. Right. It says in the early 2000s, the development of Google Earth made geospatial technology an exciting prospect in the tech world. Unsurprisingly, this technology was controversial and banned in some countries due to national security concerns and privacy <laughs> issues. What is also unsurprising is that. It was originally developed by a startup that was funded by InQtel called Keyhole Earth Viewer. Now, Keyhole went on to turn into, got sold to Google and became Google Earth. So, so direct CIA connections between uh, Google and the CIA once again. Right. Yeah. Like they bought their Google Earth. From right. a CIA-backed, but, but again, we have no view. reason to believe that they ever got out of bed with them. <laughs> no, they didn't. Get, yeah, they're still <laughs> deep in bed with them. <laughs> deep. It says the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, or NGA, was cultivated out of this new technology as a parallel branch to the NSA that focuses on exploiting and analyzing geographical information and activity. So the same thing, the same uh, software program that we get Google Earth from is also paralleled again like we were talking about the parallel facebook like the dark Mm -hmm. facebook that they have this profile on well google earth is parallel is being used directly by the nsa to uh exploit and analyze anybody's geographical activity says inqtel's budget started off at 28 million dollars in its first year and has been somewhat hazy ever since. After September 11th, the government's black budget for intelligence agencies increased dramatically, with the CIA now receiving $14.7 billion. NQTEL can access this money without having to fully disclose its spending. So yeah, it's completely disconnected from the CIA, but it can tap into CIA funds and not have to disclose any of that funding to the public. But it's definitely separate. So this was interesting to me. It says, InQtel, since its inception in 99, continues to fund startups in the tech world, ranging from skincare lines. Why is this investing in skincare lines? Is a lotion lines? that can now like, listen in on your conversations? Maybe, or maybe there's like, nanobots that oh, are uh, like tracking your uh, biometric information, yes. your, your medical information yes. through your skin cells. Damn. I mean, it's got to be something. It yeah. can't just well, be like, yeah. we want our uh, personnel to have really smooth skin. Right, yeah. It can't be that. Well, when they're in the Sahara, they need some sunscreen. Yeah, because it says, <laughs> ranging from skin skincare lines to naval drone technology. All right, so what's, what's the connection here? <laughs> yeah, I understand right. the naval drone technology, yeah. but skincare. skincare lines, what yeah. the hell? Says these, um, but much of its investment goes into data mining. These tools collect, store, and analyze data to create profiles on individuals, like we talked about, the dark dark Facebook. It says, often these programs mine platforms like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to, to monitor activist protests 
influential decision makers, and trends. One day, these algorithms surveil our personal data and activity, and the next, they're being sold to corporations for advertising. So it's like when when the CIA is done with the information, all the data troves, they're like, oh, we don't have any use for the rest of this, so we'll sell it off to advertisers. But they're nonprofit. Right. right? Says, who is in... Who is in in QTEL? Says it's headed by Gilman Louie. This is interesting yes. to me. Gilman Louie is a former video game designer. It says Louie's connections with board members. He has connections with board members of the venture capital firm that gave Facebook the funding to become the social media juggernaut that it is today. So he's mm. involved with funding of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Not just the first Series A funding, but also the Series B funding, the second round of funding. Wow. So it says, um, one connection is with James Breyer, a partner and board member of Excel, the company that invested $12.7 million in Facebook's Series A funding. Louis and Breyer sat together on the board of military defense contractors known for essentially helping to create email and the internet. Facebook's second round of funding came from a company called Greylock Venture Capital, which was headed by Howard Cox, who also sat on NQTEL's board. Wow. So a lot of Facebook's funding, yeah. if Facebook wasn't directly derived from yeah. the CIA, it sure it was has a lot very, of connections. very specifically yeah. funded. Not in like the early days, like its first round of funding right. and its second round. It's not like uh, the intelligence decided to get in on it right. like later on. Yeah. No, it's right. like right from the right. start. To say what was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Palantir. Remember, its earliest investor was in Qtel as yeah. well. So it wasn't in Qtel, I guess. It was, but the guy that started or headed right. in Qtel. Uh, no, the the Gilman Louis. Oh, who headed in Qtel? Yeah. His companies were were uh, promoting and right. uh, funding Facebook. So it doesn't specifically say in Qtel did, but a lot of their leadership was funding this. Right. So. Okay. Um, probably trying to make some kind of disconnect between the two. Says, um, this was the interesting part. Another interesting connection has been made with Louis and his role with Niantic, the mobile gaming company that created Pokemon Go. Louis was added to the board of the company for his strategic insight in both gaming and venture capital investment. The augmented reality technology for Pokemon Go was also a product of Keyhole Inc., the NQTEL-funded startup that became Google Earth. So That's insane. So the same, the keyhole that turned into, that the CIA is using to track yeah. people, that turned into Google Earth also was used in Pokemon Go. Yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so all this uh, geo gaming that yeah. you've been doing where you're chasing down these little freaking creatures, uh, yeah, there's a good chance yeah. the CIA was uh, following you around at the yeah. time. Says users of the game are required to allow the program to access personal data ranging from geolocation services to camera camera access. I forgot about that. Yeah. You had to have your camera. Right. Yeah. So they had the little AI on it. Yeah. And it even has the capability to remotely read, modify, or delete files on the user's phone. Wow. Did you know that about no. Pokemon Go? The program can track where users are, where they've been, what they look like and a multitude of personal information that could be used to create profiles and spy on individuals. This begs the question, is this a beta test for a larger CIA-sponsored program? Hmm. So was uh, Pokemon Go not... I, I don't know if it's beta testing. I, I think that yeah. they're just going to keep coming up with these bullshit well, games yeah. that kids are like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. great. I'll try. I'll I mean, follow you're, this around. You're essentially, you're acting as, as like a... Uh, 
on the ground drone, right? Mm-hmm. With the little camera going around town. Yeah, they can track people around right. you. They can get geolocations. Yeah. The whole uh, birds of a feather thing. Yep. We can see who's hanging out yep. with who. Yep. Um, all this shit. Yeah. And that's just the Pokemon Go part of it. That's yeah. not any of the rest of the shit right. that we're talking about with Facebook, yeah. tracking your every move, tracking your um, your yeah. eating habits, your relationship status. status. Then yep. you've got Google Earth that knows where everybody is. Well, you've got think about that a uh, couple years ago when we th- found that cool game that we can make ourselves look old. <laughs> yeah. yeah right? I, well, <laughs> as soon as I got to think about that, I deleted that. Yeah, off I my did phone too. Immediately. Yeah. Um, says some some companies that QIntel is investing in. Says Edward Snowden's expose showed that the NSA ability to use metadata to paint a very intrusive image of innocent civilians. This technology could be easily manipulated with deluge of false tweets sent intentionally, cause a pan and intentionally cause a panic. So they could send out false tweets on your behalf, is what it sounds like. Considering the tweets aren't verified, an attack of this nature could be verified out by hackers or or carried out by hackers or even the government itself in flag, false flag operations. That That's scary. I mean, in a digital world, it would be really easy to carry out like a digital oh, yeah. false flag, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. says, other companies NQTEL has invested in that monitor and analyze social media data include G- Geophedia, Pathar, and Transvoyant. But one of the most invasive projects is Palantir. Again, it's... It says Palantir in Lord of the Rings is an om- omniscient crystal ball that can see anything anywhere, including the past and the future. The company was created by Peter Thiel, founder of PayPal and former board member of Facebook, with other NQTEL venture capitalists. Palantir created a system, much like the premise of the movie Minority Report, there you go, where law enforcement can predict crime before it happens. So that's the whole game of this, is collect all the data. Right. And it's not just... I'm sure Palantir is probably like the library to store like the Facebook and the Pokemon Go and the Google Earth data. Uh, Palantir is the program, the software that sorts all that and makes sense of it and turns right. it into the profile. So yeah. um, they all kind of work together, right. I would yeah, I would assume. It's very symbiotic. So this was the interesting part. And this, to me, sounds a lot like almost... Almost like insider trading. Because it says NQTEL's business model made it highly successful in a number of ways. It essentially became an indicator of success in the venture capital world, with every dollar of investment from NQTEL drawing in more than $9 from the private investors. So private Mm. investors see that NQTEL is buying into this. Right. NQTEL buys into this knowing that private investors will flock to it. And And then the stock goes way up and NQTEL makes a a buck off wow. of it. So wow. not only are they getting the intelligence, the the uh, technology, but they're also making a shit ton of money yeah. off of it. Says, uh, so if NQTEL decides it likes an idea, its investment will draw significant attention from other capitalists, let or venture capitalists, letting the private sector fund technology that benefits the CIA's clandestine programs. So basically, they're ba- buying this technology through the private sector's funding yeah. of it. So it's being funded by the outside. They don't even have to pay for the technology wow. is basically what it sounds like. Anyway, what do you think of uh, NQTEL? Had yeah, you heard it, of NQTEL before? I, I had not, not until uh, we started looking into things. Mm-hmm. But yes, it, it is It is some shady shit. What are you looking up there? Well, I was just curious to see if... Um, but NQTEL is not a publicly traded com- company. 
is it? I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. I was just seeing if they were if they showed up in the stocks. So. No, they get all their funding from the CIA, literally from the CIA. Like it's one one thing if the intelligence communities want to invest in technology. So, so okay, so here's Palantir Technologies. I pulled up here on Robinhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you can currently buy a share at seven dollars and eighty six cents, and it has gone up through the roof in the last uh, in the last like year. No, so what are they working on right now? That's exactly. what I would like to know. Yeah. So seven eighty six though, I might buy some stock. <laughs> no shit. So it's one thing for the intelligence communities. Are you all right over I there? I think so. To invest in technology, because obviously they got to build their right. technology yeah. up, too. And, and, I mean, it takes, uh, I would like to say, well, it doesn't take, it supplements taxpayer dollars. It doesn't take weight, because you know they're still getting those taxpayer dollars. Yeah, right? but, yeah, it it brings the cost down for the taxpayer, right. is what it should do. What it should do, but right, I, right. I guarantee it doesn't. No, but, no, it doesn't. Um, it's less that the government has to fork out, because like I was saying... Yeah. The investors basically pay for it for them because yeah. they make a right. shit ton of money in the process yeah. by like investing. You said, yeah, I mean, yeah, you see the government investing in something, and everybody's going to flock to but it. But it's one thing for them to go and look for new technology and be like, "Hey, we're going to help you. We we need to increase our technology here." That's one thing. But they are literally, literally paying, yeah. investing in products to spy on us, yeah. specifically to spy on us yeah. and to watch our every move and to um, document and um, record every every transaction yeah. that we do. That is, I mean, this... We're, we're doing it for them. Well, this literally blows Edward Snowden's stuff, NSA oh, stuff, absolutely. out of the water. Oh, yeah, this makes that stuff look like nothing. Yeah, and it's the private sector that's doing it yeah. for them. The NSA doesn't even have to do it. Yeah. The private sector does it for it, and they just trade information yeah. back and forth and yeah. funding. And, I mean, we talked about uh, shortly after January 6th how they, you know, um, well, it's his face. Zuckerberg was like, oh, we'll crack down on, uh, on misinformation and mm-hmm. stuff. Well... I mean, and we thought that was a big deal, and like you, and this makes that look like nothing. Well, it makes you wonder: Do they even want to crack down on the misinformation? Because right. if you allow that to be out there, you can group people exactly into Those that your follow bird, for it. The birds you know, of the it's feather. It's like the type. people that were posting. You know, I believe in medical freedom, or I'm not getting a vaccine, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they can that. start sorting like, those okay, people. Well, we'll put you over here. Yeah, put them in their birds of a feather yep. group. Like, uh, put us in our our flock, mm-hmm. so so they can link us up when the time comes. If an event, yeah. whether it be a real event or a false flag, yeah. which most likely would be a false flag, right. they can be like, look, these guys over here. We have all this information yeah. gathered on them. Yeah, and not to mention every other thing. Yeah. That that you've ever done online, it's all it's all in yeah, there. It's so in the black Facebook. Yeah, well, they can use so much probably dark, for blackmail. Yeah, yes. Yeah, not black Facebook. <laughs> black black Facebook. That's a totally different thing. <laughs> yes. That's that's what Zuckerberg originally wanted to call it, but all his buddies were like, "You know, that's you not a good idea." Not. Black Facebook doesn't sound. <laughs> he's like it's black facebook and his buddy's like uh so so we're we gonna work on black facebook and he's like why do you keep why why do you keep Just separating so awkward <laughs> so so we see they're in bed together how in bed are they we we definitely dove into that yes let's talk about the revolving door because you brought it up a couple times and yeah. 
Let's talk about this woman here. This is just an example. This woman's name is Regina E. Dugan. Okay. Um, And this isn't anybody really specifically... I mean, she is connected, but it's not like she was in any of these articles. This was just a point I wanted to make. I've never heard of her. Regina Dugan is an American businesswoman, inventor, technology developer, and government official. (laughs) She was the first female director of DARPA, or the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. Um, They're responsible for technology that does all kinds of bad shit. Dugan began working for DARPA in 96. Over the next four years, she led numerous multi-million dollar research programs. Her most notable research project was known as Dog Nose, (laughs) (laughs) which uh, involved the development of an advanced portable system that could detect explosive content of landmines. That sounds... That does... Okay. Yeah. In 99, she was awarded Manager of the Year for her work at DARPA in 2000. So, worked at DARPA. <coughs> oh my god, I'm dying. <coughs> After DARPA, she left DARPA in 2000 and became the vice chief of staff for the United States Army. Oh. Her work included study titled Quick Reaction Study on Countermine, which was briefed to senior members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff during Operation Enduring Freedom. So she probably used a lot of her like connection, right. her techno connect, yeah. technology connections, and to spying type shit. Yeah, in the war on terrorism, right. obviously. Yeah, IEDs and whatnot. Um, in two thousand five, uh, let's move on. All right, so she left. She left DARPA. She left the army. Army. She became an executive director at Google next. Oh, okay. There, she led and created advanced technology and projects at Motorola. So she worked for Google, subsidiary uh, Motorola, like the the flip phones, phones, the the razors, all the cool phones. Yeah, my first phone was a razor. Yes. Um, In January of 2014, Motorola left, was acquired by Lenovo, and she stayed at Google. Later, she moved to Facebook. Oh, Wow. So she's gone from DARPA to the Army mm-hmm. to Google to Facebook. She joined a team called Building 8. And I'm not sure, 100% sure of this, but I did read that Building 8 was, they were like researching like uh, brain chip type technology. Oh, yeah. so, so she's part of that. That doesn't surprise me. In October, she announced that she would be leaving. Of October 2017, she announced she'd be leaving in 2018 to pursue other endeavors. In May, she was announced as the CEO of Welcome Leap. That sounds nice and flowery, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. Welcome Leap. First of all, what do you th- we we need to get into Welcome Leap. But what yeah. do you what do you think of this? Do you think there's something shady about them going from Google or from uh, DARPA yeah. DARPA to the army to the army? So intelligence agencies, basically, then right into Google, then right into Facebook, and just this whole like pattern of revolving. Very much so. Yes, and and she's not the only one. I I had heard of several other that went specifically from these like Q Intel or Mm -hmm. NQTEL groups, or there was this other forum thing. I can't think what it was called, but they basically funded NQTEL, or they're a part of that, or the the start of it, but they would go on from that board into like the boards of these big tech mm-hmm. tech industries and yeah. stuff. So it's like the food industry right. where we see they work for <clears throat> like the the health organizations, then go right, right. into like oh the CEO of uh, Monsanto or something, right. some big yeah 
shady, yeah, private corporation. They they lobby for the this company, and then they get this lucrative mm-hmm. position at the top. I'm yeah. sure she helped. Oh yeah, secure some of the deals between DARPA and Google and Facebook, oh, and yes. and then all She's, of a sudden they you, awarded her with this. Yeah, board you don't thing. lose those connections, and no. And and she's not even like you said she's not even a spotlight person. No, like, this is somebody no one's ever heard of before. No, not at all. Do you want to hear about this? Uh, what was uh, it called? Leap something. Welcome leap. Welcome leap. Two L's. A welcome leap. Oh, okay, that sounds scary. It's the uh, world's richest medical research foundation, the Wellcome Trust. It's um, teamed up with a pair of former DARPA directors, which is, she's one of them, and, uh, who built Silicon Valley, Valley's skunk works to usher in an age of nightmarish surveillance, <laughs> including for babies as young as three months old. Holy shit. So it's like super medical technology, big tech medical type stuff. Right. They, they're they heavily involved in uh, MNR, mRNA research and okay. like vaccine type shit. Of course. Um, let's just read a little. It says, a UK nonprofit with ties to global corruption throughout the COVID-19 crisis, as well as historical and current ties to the UK eugenics movement, hmm. launched a global health-focused DARPA equivalent last year. So it's basically like... DARPA for health care. That yes. sounds horrible. The move went largely unnoticed by both the mainstream and independent media. So, again, I've never heard of this fucking right. thing, no, but I'm apparently they're like second to Bill Gates in research for COVID 19, is what they're saying. Wow. It says, Welcome Trust uh, was arguably second only to Bill Gates in its ability to influence events during COVID 19 crisis and va- vaccination campaigns. Launched its own global equivalent of the Pentagon's secretive research agency last year, officially to combat the most pressing health challenges of our time. Scary enough for you? Yeah. Is that I mean, that says enough right there. Right. It says the global health DARPA, known as Welcome Leap, seeks to achieve breakthrough scientific and technological solutions by or before 2030. Oh, shit. <laughs> Are you serious? They're checking off all the boxes here. I no mean, doubt. This is from uh, newswear.com. So this might be kind of conspiracy-minded, but I, I feel like a lot of this is probably pretty accurate from yeah. what it sounds. Uh, C.D. McRae says, this lady must be full of great ideas. <laughs> yes, all her connections. <laughs> That's she's, my thought. She's full of the best. <laughs> uh, the Welcome Trust is open about how Welcome Leap will apply approaches of Silicon Valley and venture capital firms to the health and life science section, sector. Unsurprisingly, their three current programs are poised to develop incredibly invasive tech-focused tech and, in some cases, over, overtly transhumanist medical technologies, including a program exclusively focusing on using artificial intelligence, mobile sensors, and wearable brain mapping tech for children three years old and younger. Jesus. So we're going to put this brain mapping sensors... In AI in three year old kids. Yeah, why not? You know, it makes sure start about young, right? Right, absolutely. It says this ultimate hangout investigation explores not only the four current programs of Welcome Leap, but also the people behind it. So this is extensive. I'm going to include this in the show notes when okay. we release this because <clears throat> this one's really interesting. Because it talks about how she's been big into like transhumanist stuff her whole career. Hmm. Um, working with DARPA, <clears throat> apparently she was director under Obama. Of course. She was, uh, let's see, what else? Says, uh, 
She is best remembered at the agency for her so-called special forces approach to innovation. During her tenure, she created DARPA's now-defunct Transformational Convergence Technology Office, which focused on social networks, synthetic biology, and machine intelligence. That says a lot right there. Yes. Many of the things... And then, then shoot. So to think she went just from DARPA to Facebook is yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. But to realize that she was focused on social networks right. for DARPA yes. and then went on to work with yes. Facebook, that that's telling. There. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Many of the themes previously managed by the office, the Transformational Convergence Technology Office, um, are now overseen by DARPA's Biological Technologies Office, which was created in 2014 and focuses on everything from programmable microbes to human-machine symbioses. The Biological Tech Office, like Welcomely, pursues a mix of, mix of health-focused biotechnology programs and transhumanist endeavors. Hmm. Scary shit. Very yeah. scary shit. So it, it goes on and on. It talks about um, these other people. It talks about her, but it also talks about like uh, this guy that's involved in uh, Welcomely. He was a pandemic narrative manager, so he um, oh. he, he pushed wow. the whole COVID agenda. Right. Says he's uh, his name is Jeremy Farrar. He has been director of Welcome Trust since 2013, and has been actively involved in critical decision making at the highest level globally since the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis. So, I mean, good, think about people the, that that title, right. pandemic narrative manager. I don't. Well, that, that's what they're saying he is. I don't know if that's yeah. his actual. Well, title. no, I I would hope not. <laughs> Apparently, rulers of gene sequencing industries are part of this. Of course. Um. I can't get into all these, but it says, Welcome Leap currently has four programs, multi-stage psych, go away, what the hell, get on my way, Delta Tissue, 1KD, and HOPE. HOPE was the first program to be announced by Welcome Leap and stands for Human Organs Physiology and Engineering. Hmm. According to the full program description, HOPE aims to leverage the power of bioengineering to advance stem cells, organoids, and whole organ systems and connections that re capitulate human physio physiology in vitro and restore vital functions in vivo. Hmm. So it sounds like they're putting robots inside people. Right. Is yeah. What that sounds like in, to me. in lieu of actual organs. <clears throat> then it gets into the transhumanist toddlers. <laughs> uh, it says one KD is focused on developing objective, scalable ways to assess a child's cognitive health by monitoring the brain development and function of infants and toddlers, allowing practitioners to risk stratify children and predict responses to an interventions in developing brain. So they're putting this brain mesh stuff in right. them to, um, it, it's to help figure child out how development, yeah, obviously. Well, it's all yeah. for the best. Map, map the, the human brain development and then like, I'm sure figure out how to use that. Uh, we've got tissue time machine. These are some other, interesting. Uh, I don't know what that is. It says Delta Tissue aims to create a platform that monitors changes in human tissue function and interactions in real time, ostensibly for explain the status of a disease in a person and better predict how the disease would progress. Referring to this platform as a tissue time machine, Welcome Leap sees Delta as being able to predict the onset of disease before it occurs while also allowing for medical intervention that are targeted to the individual. I, I mean, I've seen enough. Yeah. Sci-fi movies to see right. how all of these things can right. go horribly, horribly wrong. wrong. Yes. So, what do you think of this woman? 
scary. Uh, very scary. And like I said, I've never, she's not someone who's ever been on my radar before. So, and like I said, this maybe is. She, maybe there's a good reason for oh, that. Oh, and, and I'm sure. And like I said, she, she's one of, of thousands, I'm sure, of yeah. people that we've never heard of that has been involved in this revolving door of these different the big systems. Tech yeah, the big tech. And she's all about um, surveillance, all about uh, yeah. data collection. I mean, it's yeah. all for good causes, oh, of obviously, course, of course. not for yes. anything nefarious. Yeah. That's why she worked for DARPA. Right. So, I mean, that that enough is just enough to. But loot. but again, I mean, the reason why okay, all this is a means to an end, mm-hmm. and the means to an end is AI. They're mapping humans. They're they're data collecting humans and how they they evolve, how their thoughts work. And it's all going into trying to create some kind of sentient AI system. Why though? Why? Well, I, like, what is the purpose of it? That you? Like, what do I you mean, think? To to be the the intelligence system, so that they they don't have to chase after everybody. They have an AI system that will watch everything. Right? Um, Iron Man's armor around the world, if you will. Mm-hmm. But so there's the whole tracking people, <laughs> right? There's the whole tracking of people, the right. whole data collection. But I also I think there's something deeper to this whole. Well, like, I, I think transhumanist part, push. No, it's to control. I well, it's to control. But I I feel and this is like way conspiracy theory. I feel that these like super elitists they want to live forever. That's their end game. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they probably think if they whether they believe in like a god or something, or they believe in reincarnation, they know that it's not going to end well for them right, when they right. leave this earth or yeah. come back because of all the shitty things they did. So let's make let's make it so they live forever. But if everybody lives forever, there's going to be too many damn people. So right. we got to incorporate population control into that so sure. there's less people that are living longer right. and they're enjoying the benefits of the... All the resources on their own, right? But well, they got to keep some of us slaves too, right? So. Absolutely. But I mean, it's easier to control people, and if you know how their brain works, or right? if you have you a can brain shut chip down inside of right, them, exactly, to force them to do what you want. But you're right, yeah. I mean, maybe they're trying to find ways that they can move their consciousness over to, you know, some t- digital system or uh, that and, meta. Well, yeah, the like they've talked about basically copying and pasting yeah. our. Like conscious into the cloud, so it can just live yeah. on. But they're also talking about like the transhumanists, like putting like biometrics and bio, like Robocop parts on us, right. so we can all live. I mean, not we all. And you they know that's can live, not going to be as cool as it sounds. Yeah, they they can put back in like a a freaking bionic brain, and right. then they can just upload themselves back right. into it from yeah. the cloud. Just keep uploading as that body dies. But then on the other side of it, they also have to have the slaves out there. Right. But they have to be able to control the slaves yes. through uh, mass surveillance, yes. through that, mass... Uh, yes. And if that slave is no longer useful, then they have to be able to push a button and that slave is gone. Yeah, so... All scary I mean, shit. The, yeah, I mean, the... the Yeah, I mean, the, the whole premise, I mean, the the... In every direction it can go is, is scary because none of it is good for us. Just the fact that this woman goes from DARPA to Facebook was enough for me. But then right. to go from Facebook, Google to this like transhumanist right. welcome, which welcome is some leap, which sounds yeah. like a child, it sounds like leapfrog, like right. the child tablets. Well, maybe that's part of it. And, and I'll be honest, when I first saw the the two L's, 
I thought of the Twin Towers. Oh, wow. Creepy. Yeah. Maybe. You know, maybe there's some subliminal, subliminal messaging well, in there. And you know they're all big on symbolism. Yeah, it's all tied together. Right? So the last thing I want to talk about is a project I hadn't heard of, which is called Project Maven. Have you heard of this one? Uh, no. It's basically um, it's backed by Google, Peter Thiel, Eric Schmidt, James Murdoch, all these people, they're, they're building this AI and facial recognition surveillance tool for Who's the Pentagon. Big tech. Yeah, all the people we talked yeah. about, plus uh, Rupert Murdoch's yeah, son. Right. Um, they're all working together to build this AI and facial recognition tool for the Pentagon. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so, so now, if they weren't bad enough, yeah. they're all collaborating together with the Pentagon for facial recognition AI. And I'm sure it does so many other things besides just facial recognition. So it talks about, it says, remember Project Maven? No, I don't. That's why we're talking about it. It was the Department of Defense's artificial intelligence initiative that hit the headlines when Google staff protested at being asked to build software that would improve drone targeting. Is what is? I mean, facial recognition for yeah. the Pentagon. What do you think their primary use is? De- oh, defense. Yeah, right, yeah. Any sort of defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've taken out way too many birthday parties in the Middle East. Or maybe they want to take out more birthday parties. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> says Google, Google, quote unquote, listened. It's like when uh, Sean Parker turned down the invitation right. to the CIA. Google yeah. listened to its rebellious staff and pulled out of the project to use AI to decipher aerial surveillance footage. Maven lives on despite the controversy. So Google pulled out. Sure they did. But listen to who all is still involved. Um, it's thriving thanks in part to startup, or in part to a cod, how, how do you pronounce that? C-A-D-R-E. I don't fucking know. Cadre of Silicon Valley oh, heavyweights. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A it's cadaver. A, a, <laughs> a cadaver of Silicon Valley heavyweights. Yeah. And startups. We're back to the startups again. Sure. The startup, they're, they're funding the startups who are going to use their technology to improve the defense systems of the people that are tracking yeah. us and bombing us with their drones. They include companies backed by investment funds owned by Google. That makes sense. Google pulled out of it, but they're backed by Google. <laughs> <laughs> Backed by investment funds that Google owns, so yes. technically not Google. Yes. As well as startups whose boards include former Google chief Eric Schmidt, Palantir and Facebook investor Peter Thiel, and James Murdoch, the son of Fox News founder Rupert Murdoch. The DOD says Maven today <clears throat> of Maven today, it enhances the performance of human machine teams by fusing intelligence and operations through AI ML. Uh, in augmented reality technology. Project Maven seeks to reduce the time required for decision-making to a fraction of time needed without AI. So we can decide whether or not we want to blow up this birthday party a lot quicker. Twice twice the speed. Ten times the speed. (laughs) Yes. This department declined to talk about what contractors are working on Maven Tech, but former Google scientist and founder of Big Tech Monitor Tech Inquiry Jack Polzin discovered subcontracts signed off within overarching contracts with ECS Federal, a Beltway contract that worked with the DI or DOD to acquire Google AI know-how for Maven. So they bought a lot of the AI technology from yeah. Google, but they pulled out of it. Right, right. But yeah. they still bought their technology from them. It says, it talks about this... Uh, 
project called Rebellion Defense. Again, we're back to nerd terminology. Yes, but yes. I I feel like there's they're pulling this from Star Wars because it also yeah. gets into like Jedi Jedi Cloud Project. But I feel like Rebellion Defense is also... Star Wars related. Well, it's Star Wars related, but I feel like it's also second, like, secondary uh, meaning is to defend against the rebels, like us, right. like yeah. like the citizens, the people that rise up, the people that they're grouping and putting on lists so and stuff. So you, like, you think they, they purposely see themselves as, like, the Empire? <laughs> yeah, I do. They, they are the only ones who watch Star Wars and, like, that guy's a good guy. I want to be just like <laughs> I want to be like the Emperor. <laughs> Amongst the startups that won one of the one of those Maven Link contracts is $220 million valued Rebellion Defense, a DC-based contractor that was funded by Schmidt's Innovative Endeavors. Schmidt and Murdoch, who gave money as an angel investor, are both Rebellion board members. Rebellion says its aim is to design AI products, products purpose-built for defense. So that's their whole uh, strategy gotcha. is building defensive AI. Um, let's see. What else we got? The Google connection. Google may have backed out of Maven, but startups funded by its sister company, GV or Google Ventures, one of a handful of venture capital operations under the Alphabet family, have pressed on with the DOD business. So, no, Google's not. Yeah. But, but Alphabet... their sister company... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all the same yeah. money. Al Alphabet's still in it, but they just don't want Google's name associated exactly. with it. Exactly. So, GV. We'll yeah. call it GV. We'll call it GV. No one will look deeper than that. One <laughs> of the GV-funded Maven contractors is Orbital Insight, founded by former Google big data scientist Jimmy Crawford. So, uh, the revolving tour. How many yeah. ex-Google employees yeah. are part of this? Yeah. It's like, no, we're not going to be part of it, but I'm going to go work with them. Yeah. And when I'm done on that project, if you could just hire me back. Right, yeah. And if I could keep my payroll, yeah, that'd right. be yeah. fantastic, Just keep paying too. me, and I'll just come back. And I'll, I'll pass along all the information right. that I do. Everything yeah. I earn. Yeah. We'll be good. Yeah. <clears throat> Forbes previously reported Orbital had scored contracts with Customs and Border Protection and the military to analyze footage from satellites, and that it had bid for work on Project Maven, according to two former employees. Mm. Um, it says, startups founded by two ex-Googlers. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just all these Google yeah, personnel. Right. Crowd AI and Clarif, Clarif AI are also providing tech in Maven-linked contracts. Jeez. Google, 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 guys. Google, Google. Peter Thiel's connection. Of course. <clears throat> Two contractors on Tech Inquiry's list of Maven contractors are backed by Thiel, a former Trump ally and Facebook investor. One is Scale AI and $7 billion valued a $7 billion valued San Francisco-based provider of technology designed to excel accelerate development of AI. <clears throat> um, the other... Bet you can't guess what the other one is. One of Thiel's better known investments has also scored bit with Maven. Palantir? Palantir, which was also was already reported to be working on Maven since 2019. Of course. The records reveal for the first time that Palantir was paid $25 million for licenses in 2018 in a Maven link deal. The company declined to comment. Of course. Other companies involved. Amazon Web Services, Microsoft, and IBM. Again, there's a Bill Gates, two yep. Bill Gates connections there, yep. Microsoft and IBM. They're all listed as providers, too. 
IBM was the only company to confirm it no longer is working on Maven, probably sure. because Bill Gates went to Just Microsoft. like Google's not. <laughs> yes. But their sister company, yeah. Think Machines, is yeah. working right. on. Yeah. Yes. So Operation Maven or Project Maven, whatever this is called. Um, yeah, this is small time, though. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not. Te- this, is, this is a small portion of what they're doing. But it's again the the tech companies in bed with the intelligence services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not directly, but all their former CEOs and former scientists and stuff. Well, they're, they're taking the Google's technology, and stuffing it in mean, briefcases in their pants and shit, and going to Maven. Right. And then you know they're going right oh, back to Google, yes. or maybe getting yeah. offered a job at Facebook afterwards. Yeah. I mean, think about it. What is you get all this data together, right? I mean, why why actually control the little people when you can have smart cities control the people? Right. right? You can basically control yeah. what they do based on what they're allowed people, to do. People follow patterns. People are are naturally habitual. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you can take an AI that can analyze that and they can predict what people are going to do day in and day out and control that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... It's horrible. What is the solution to all of this? <laughs> what? How do we get around this? Because, like, we're so concerned over the last couple of years that China's stealing our data through TikTok, right. when our own fucking government yeah, is doing right. so oh, much it, more, but so it's much a nice worse. distraction, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, well, don't download TikTok because yeah. they're. But here's the all. American version. It's much better. <laughs> it's called Facebook. <laughs> yeah. It's called Google. Uh, all the all yeah. the sites that you regularly get on yeah. each day are connected to these corporate giants like Google and Facebook and Twitter, yeah. and they are just collecting all your data. Same thing as TikTok. Filtering it through Peter Thiel's freaking Palantir. company, Palantir, right. and creating profiles for you so so they can... I, I, I guarantee you the Palantir shit is so much more sophisticated than anything China's offering or like collecting through. They might be collecting your data, but I... I imagine they're not going through as yeah. extreme. Well, and, and if they're doing it, they're doing it to get information about United States corporate and military targets. Yeah, not, not just, you personally. I mean, I'm sure they're collecting it all, but they're oh, they're sure. filtering for specific things. Yes, not exactly. Filtering everything, right? And categorizing everything and making uh, a catalog, a dark Facebook, a dark Facebook, a dark, <laughs> a black Facebook. <laughs> To, so that when you do screw up or you are associated with something, they can just yeah. pull up your profile and convict right. you on that. Or or even worse, predict what you're going to do and convict you on right. your prediction. Right. Yeah. Which is, at the end of the day, what, what they're going for here. Right. So what about digital IDs then? Because I yeah. feel like that would take all of it and combine it into one th- where they don't yeah. even have to collect it from all these resources now. Yeah. It's just right there on your digital IT. Right. Absolutely. So for what, a scan. Yeah. So what do we do? What what do we do? <laughs> Got an EMP pulse anywhere? <laughs> Should we be concerned about this or is it just so ingrained in our life now it's like uh fuck no, it. No, I I think we sh- very much should be ke- Wrap I mean, our houses in like tin foil so to keep the uh, 5G radiation yeah, out of it. Yeah, I mean you know, I I don't know about that, but again, it's it, like you said. I mean, I guess I guess in a sense, uh, technology has become what the number of the beast, and 
you, I mean, because you have to have it to do business. You have mm-hmm. to do it to exist in this world. But at the same time, I mean, as long as you're you're doing that, they're going to keep collecting. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, what? You throw away your cell phone, you get off of social media, and then what? Right? Every phone is IP-based now. Right. Everything. I mean, there Everything. is no analog phones. So, I mean, think about your smart refrigerator, yeah. your uh, smart cars, everything. Yeah. Everything is, tr- is listening. It's listening. It's tracking. Yeah. It's um, analyzing. It's collecting. Yeah. And uh, all of this information is going to some database yeah. that is being farmed out to advertisers and also farmed out to the intelligence agencies yeah. that are um, the the freaking lovers of the big yeah. tech. So, you know, leave the tech behind, move up to the mountains and and, you know... I mean, yeah, we we have to disconnect somehow. Well, Will I mean, we is the question. Like, well, we're that's the thing. Pretty well I mean, connected. You and I ourselves. talk about it. Yeah, you and I talk about it. But like you said, we're both very well connected. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, what do you do about it? To my question, uh, should you be concerned? Um, Edward Snowden answered that when he said, arguing that you don't care about privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say. Yeah, that's true. This guy, um, why this guy hasn't been pardoned by... I mean, I, I feel like if President Trump would have pardoned him, I would have possibly it, voted oh, yeah. for yeah, If Trump would have pardoned him, yes. That would have turned around a lot of people. But he didn't, which no. says a lot about him. Exactly. And that Peter Thiel guy was a diehard yeah. Trump guy. So yeah. that, that answers a lot of questions that we had. Oh, was Trump the right. good guy? No, he probably wasn't. No, no. he probably was just had, another cog. Yeah, he was another. Um, and he's por- part of the corporate machine yeah. that, that's creating all of this, right. that's producing all Absolutely. of this. So. Yeah, he's part of the system, just yeah. like Elon Musk. Yeah, I, I feel like. Obviously, Peter Thiel has direct connections to Elon Musk, and yeah. Elon Musk is making the smart cars, and um, yeah. he's all into transhumanism and all that shit. So, yeah. and he's he's one of the, the freaking government's biggest contractors as well right. with SpaceX. Right. So, I mean, he can't be some lord and savior when he's directly tied into exactly. this same system. Yeah. So. No, I, I feel like you know anybody tied into big tech. Is is going to be part of this system? I mean, you, there's nobody you can look to and be like, "Oh, well, that guy's going to save us." I mean, that nobody can save you. Mm. You just you you got to try to. If you can't unplug totally, at least unplug as much as you can. I forgot about Bitcoin. Oh yes, you were going to get to that. I was just going to mention it because we're about out of time. Apparently, her name is Natalia Kaspersky. Does that sound? Familiar uh, to you? No. Kaspersky? The name Cap. Okay, yes. Kaspersky uh, uh, Security. It's like a antivirus type software okay. company. Yes. The founder of Kaspersky... Weren't they, weren't they the ones that did the, the um, war games of the hacking a couple years ago? I'm not sure, but <clears throat> all I know is the founder of Kaspersky came out and basically said that the CIA created Bitcoin to continue to fund their clandestine stuff sure. to without being tracked now. Sure. Because that the whole <clears throat> the whole um idea that Bitcoin uh could allow criminals to be untracked and they're right there. Well you, the CIA's been doing that same shit. Right. Like yeah. how many how many uh covert like drug missions is the CIA responsible right. for or money laundering and shit. Right. So 
do you think possibly they'd form some sort of currency that may or may not be tracked yeah. so they can continue? And this is, I mean, she's that a pretty sense. big name coming out. It's not yeah. some conspiracy theorist. She's like, yeah. no, this obviously was created by the CIA. Yeah. And <clears throat> she, the CIA obviously doesn't care because she's still alive. She, yeah. She basically said that some coding in Bitcoin came directly from like CIA intelligence mm. and stuff. So so she's convinced. And the the whole thing that like all the cryptocurrency is basically up and then crashes down. And Bitcoin's the one that is allowed to right. kind of stay coarse a okay. little bit. Yeah. It's like, hmm. Who yeah. it, it it's just something to look into. I don't have a lot of intelligence on this hmm. i don't know a lot about cryptocurrency but it would not surprise me right. if they didn't create it they're at least co-opting it and using yeah. it for right. to their own advantage right. because that's what they do so absolutely so is anything safe i guess is anything right. I, can we trust anything at this yeah, point that's it, digital related well i mean think about how easily it can be manipulated mm -hmm. i mean how can you yeah so right? when all the big tech companies that we knew we already knew that they were they had like yeah handshake relationships and right. dipping their hands in their pockets and yeah. back and forth but to find out that a lot of them came straight from like funding right. from the intelligence agencies yeah. you don't think that they're going to call in their chips and be like all right you owe us now right like Absolutely. all the all the research you did we want yeah. part of or, that or all if, the data you collected yeah. we want or, access to or that. it was created with some kind of backdoor that they have Oh yeah, at all times. Russia has come out and um, declared that all Microsoft computers have some kind of backdoor, and they have a. It might have been Kaspersky. <laughs> it was some. Uh, I don't think it was them, but uh, there was some company that made a patch for uh, Microsoft computers coming into okay. Russia, so they wouldn't have that backdoor because they say that. Um, Basically, Microsoft allows the government to spy on you through their back doors, yeah. and that doesn't surprise me. So, yeah. yeah, everything, everything has a back door. I mean, Apple was under pressure for not unlocking a phone of a a shooter or something. Remember that? I remember that. Yeah, that and was. So they were like yeah. trying to hire people to um, back door into yep. that, and, and Apple was the big hero, and they were like, "No, we're not giving you that because our encryption is important." Yes, privacy is important to us. Yes, and I, I doubt, I don't really believe that either. No. So, no. Um, I wanted to see who, if I could find the Microsoft. I don't think I saved that one. It was Russian Times. So, oh, okay. Um, let's see, I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, like you said. Technology is so easy, easily manipulated. Yeah, I mean, we there's just, just the it's fact, so easy to put backdoors in anything. Well, we've talked before that any of these mega corporations only got to where they did because the government allowed them to right. by playing ball. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just going to get smashed or like right. held back to like a million dollar level yeah. company. Any like multi billionaire has some sort of connection with some somebody, and they're not going to allow you. They're not going to fund you without. Getting their own out of it, they right. they want something out of it. Yeah. And anytime, if the NSA or CIA comes to you and says, "Hey, we want to fund this project," you better stop and ask yourself, "What do they mm -hmm. want with well, this?" Think about it. I mean, think about the time period that the internet really came out, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what what was going on at the same time? Um, all the government, exactly anti-government sentiment yeah. of the nineties. Yeah. We, we're tying back to a bunch of. 
like all our episodes over the last like oh, two yeah. months are tying together yeah. so. very nicely. So yeah, tracking tracking these groups, these like mm-hmm. dissident groups. That's I mean, that's specifically what they were looking for when Google was founded. That's what they were looking for with um, yeah. the LifeLog. And then that merged into Facebook or Google, and that merged that turned into uh, the the pal. What's it? Palantir. Palantir. There you go. I yeah. I'm, I I keep forgetting. So it, it's you know, all <laughs> it all started there and just morphed into this mega monster that's just out of control now. You, you know what T-shirt you should come in? Of course, this will get us on the list immediately. We already are on the list. Ted Kaczynski was right. <laughs> I've said for years. That I agree 100% with everything Ted Kaczynski said and did, minus the blowing people right, up. Right, right, right. It's absolutely but, true. But how do we know he actually blew people up and it wasn't... The government. Yes. <laughs> False flags from the government. Because yeah, he knows? was too dangerous. It's possible. Yeah. Waking people up. Uh, or maybe he did to wake people up. It's like, I got to get people's fucking right. attention. I got to blow shit up. So. Yeah. Maybe he blew shit up, and then they started blowing people up to right. to demonize him. You know, yeah. it, it it could go a lot of directions. Yeah, so it could. But I I like I said, I agree with yeah all the things he talked about when it came to like technology running our lives. Right. Um. So you yeah. should read uh his manifesto if you have not yet as a listener. Go read the Ted Kaczynski manifesto. Okay. It's I can't, my ne- next book I'm picking up. Yes, it's 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 pretty good. That's all the time we got. Not ending yeah. on a happy note, but I guess start figuring out ways to disconnect. Yeah. Um, e- after even, you digest all this, because yeah. it's going to take a little bit out right. of your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, as much as you can. You know, again, it's hard when it's just so vital in your life nowadays. Right. But, you know, as much as you can disconnect, disconnect. Yeah. And we say this on a freaking po- po- digital podcast. Digital yeah, podcast right. on a Google-sponsored yeah, right. uh, company. Google-based company also live streaming uh, to Facebook, Facebook yeah, right. and Twitter, yeah. so yeah. we're checking all the boxes so here. If the show shows up, yes, <laughs> right. Do what you can to disconnect after you listen to the show. Yeah, obviously, right. yeah. That's all the time we got for this week. I I feel like this was a nice deep dive. Yeah, it was very interesting. Definitely, um, plenty of stuff to think about and yes. process. Um, yeah, I I don't know where to go from here, but um, I will think about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, the comment section is always open all over YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can leave a comment, leave a note. Um, we have the Facebook forum, which is known as the Breaking the Bell Forum because our initial forum got nuked. Um, so, yeah, uh, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Share the shit far and wide over the, the social medias, the CIA-driven yeah, social medias. Um, so we can get this info out there as much as we can. Yeah, we, this is this is yeah this isn't one that I've heard anywhere else. No, I, so. like I said, I've heard bits and pieces enough yeah. to make me want to dig more, right. and that's what came up today. Check us out all our social media, uh, like and subscribe, all that fun, happy shit that we tell you to do every week. Otherwise, be back here for the weekend wrap up this weekend where we wrap up your week. Um, also the. The uh, Two Scoops Morning Show with me and my brother, Dan Smots, of the uh, System is Down podcast every Tuesday and Thursday morning that we feel like at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. Check all that shit out um, and share it with a friend. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great week. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. 
So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zelinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.